Blog Talk Radio. Right. I'm a big fan of the Kylan King 
the one of the shows that I went to, um, the one I'm the biggest, she did my favorite match that I've seen in Florida this year, which, I mean, I know we haven't had a lot of shows, but that um, when she did that hardcore match with, um, I don't remember his name, which is terrible of me, but she did a match against a guy to get her stuffed animal bag. So they had this ladder match. And I mean, the bump that she took doing a flatliner to the guy off of the apron through this like machine that they had built out of wood um, was pretty crazy. Uh, it's my favorite spot, and she wrestled my favorite match. So I'm a big fan of hers right off the jump. She's so. a big girl, isn't she? Yeah, she's tall, huh? She's a yeah. tall one. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Well, I guess a few things have transpired since we spoke a week ago. Uh, yeah, Gary Lamb's uh, well, not Gary. Excuse me, not Gary Lamb. David Manders uh, and Southern Fried have moved their show outdoors to the property of the old Burt Reynolds Mansion in Loganville, the cross, the cross church. They'll be outdoor. On How August did you 1st. know that? By the way, Larry Goodman. How did you know that that was? Did, well, did, did, uh... a, a little birdie clued me in, and then I just did some looking into it, and of course. You know, there isn't a whole lot of renown about Loganville, so it wasn't hard to find stuff about it once once I knew what I was looking for. So yeah. Yeah. They use it for they use the uh old mansion for the church offices. Mm-hmm. So it's got a nice nice piece of property, should be a good spot to do an outdoor show. I see uh Heritage Championship Wrestling announced they're gonna come back to landmark. I believe that's August seventh, if I got that right. Yeah, August seventh. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have another another show out there, and Lariato is gonna be uh, move. It was moved to September because of the COVID, and now it's gonna be uh, taped for Impact Plus. So I I smell a Doc Gallows connection there. I um it's, I uh, my in uh, the Patreon video today I talked about a deal I almost had worked out with Impact, then TNA, about doing a broadcast with me. Um, so I oh. talked about that, but what is Impact Plus? It's their video-on-demand service that Anthem has. So you basically oh, got gotcha. all the old Impact shows and in, in, in their pay-per-views and stuff. But apparently they had done some taping of other kinds of shows, and this is going to be the first. They haven't done those in a while, and this is going to be a resumption. Of of those kind of like extra shows, I, that that's what that's what I gleaned from it. And then you gotcha. know, they got a few impact yeah, people the, on the, the lineup. So the the brief story is this is when Impact was really in a lot of trouble. So you know it could have been anywhere in the last ten years, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> and of course we always did the big Fourth of July show, which was probably our our largest attended event of the year, right? It's a big free outdoor show with the double ring war games and all that kind of stuff. So Davey um, had pointed out to me that Impact was really desperate. This is when their production values dropped way down and they were basically letting the Hardys do whatever they wanted, right? So oh, yeah. The Hardys were like yeah. defending the tag titles at indie shows. I mean, this is when it was just like wide open. And so... I was like, well, you know, if they just want to pay their people and they can use the footage, they can basically kind of invade our show 
and they can field a team for the war games against PCW team. And, um, you know, we can have other big matches. And, and he, I mean, like you can vouch for a bunch of the guys that they can keep up with their guys. Right. And he's like, that's a great idea. And he was all for it. Um, you know, he was all gung ho about it. And it got to the stage where we were talking back and forth, but they finally decided that it would cost too much production wise to film. And they were very patronizing oh about it. I remember they were like, you don't understand the cost involved. I'm like, I understand that you guys are losing tons of money and I'm offering to basically have you come in here and have the guys do one of their contract matches near Atlanta, Georgia, which is easy for everybody. And then you can film the thing. Like, I don't, (laughs) you know, and, and you can have something interesting for you, which is a crowd watching. Right. And if we had announced that impact was going to be a part of it, I mean, they would have just packed the place. We would have just thrown chairs everywhere. There would have been a thousand people there at least surrounding the ring. And then you shoot off fireworks at the end of the match. I mean, what's cooler. Right. Um, But they bowed out of it in the last minute. It was just yet another tale of like, Oh God, (laughs) so frustrating, you know, but I I might venture down to Dublin just to see what they do since they do have some star power on the show. And uh, I've never been to Dublin for a show. This might Mm -hmm. be the the time to go to Dublin. You know, this, that pro South was my first indoor show since the pandemic. Um, And, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I was expecting 30 people, and they more than doubled that. So, um, right. It, um, I'll just say this. I had my six foot of distance all around and my mask on, but I was really surprised that more people weren't masked, given that it was a state mandate, and that gave ProSouth an easy out to tell people, you really got to wear those masks. Right. Um, Right. You, I mean, according to your report, which is on GWHnewsandnotes.blogspot.com, um, it was like a third of the people were masked, right? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's that's that 65 in that building is not that easily easy to social distance. You know, it's a pretty small space. So, yeah. Um, there's that. The show itself, as you, you, I mean, I know. Thank you for mentioning the report. Yeah, the show itself was really good. Um, definitely a cut above the others I'd been to so far since the pandemic. So yeah, it was, they, they did a good job. They did a good job. And uh, I saw the Logan I Creed thought, match and was, and was summarily yeah, impressed. That's for sure. You were okay. You so you thought it was a good match too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel like they didn't do too much. Um, and in the best sense of that word and, and from judging from your report, I think Joe Black and Pillman were a similar thing where it's like, here's the story we're telling. We're going to throw in some curveballs in there, but for the most part, we're just going to deliver a very good match without overcomplicating it. And in this day and age, especially, I definitely appreciate that. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as I said, the Pillman Black wasn't a great match, but it was different from other things and done differently than the rest of the show. So it was a nice contrast and certainly was good. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was Nice show, nice show. Um, we've got our guest of honor on the line. Absolutely. Shall we bring him on? He is currently being featured on AEW Dark, featured on a couple segments of being the elite, the former Anarchy Heavyweight Champion, one of Georgia's top rising stars. 
Joining us now, Griff Garrison. Welcome to the Tipping Point. What is up, guys? How are y'all doing? Oh, I love the energy, man. I'm doing great. How are you doing, Griff? You're the man of the hour right now. How's it going? I'm excited for this. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, man. Well, we, I hope we, I hope we, we can live up to it. <laughs> we, we were talking before you came on, Griff, about, you know, it seemed like we're catching you at a pretty good time right now. Oh, yeah, this is a great time. Things have, like, all of a sudden out of the blue just kind of, like, blew up, I guess, for me. So, like, it's going really good for me right now. I'm excited for things to come. It, You know, part of the thing, I'll, I'll, this Steve, I'll just ask the hard question right off the jump. The, the thing that's impressed me the most about you, um, besides the fact, I think, just really solid work that I see. Every time I've seen you on AEW Dark, I go like, that's great stuff. Everything that I'm hearing about you is you're impressing. You're not just delivering solid work. You're impressing people. And then when I see you in these like comedy bits, I go, his, he's funny and he's self-deprecating and he's willing to be the straight guy in the joke or is willing to deliver the punchline. I mean, you're really showing, you're getting to show versatility, you're getting to show personality, and you're rising to the challenge. And I think that's just one of the things that's separating you a little bit from a lot of the guys who are getting shots on AEW Dark right now. Yeah, no, it's, I just like to, like, when I'm wrestling, I just like to take it one match at a time. Like, I don't like to look into the future too much. Like, I like to just focus on, you know, just one thing at a time. And, like, doing the BTE skits, those are actually a lot of fun. Like, being able to, like, hang out with the guys and like getting to being able to interact with them on like that level not just like a professional level per se but like when we do bte we can kind of like joke around and have fun with each other so it's 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 a lot of fun to be able to do uh do stuff like that especially like with uh brody lee he's a lot he's a lot of fun to be around he's a really cool guy yeah i mean who nay who knows uh griff one of these days maybe people won't be asking who the fuck is griff garrison anymore <laughs> Very true. Uh, hey, I'm, I want to come out with a shirt because so many people are like, like who the who the fuck is Griff Garrison and all that, and like where's the t-shirt? I want a t-shirt on pro wrestling. Team. <laughs> so like, I can I can have a shirt. That would be so cool. So, I mean, that's how they do it there at AEW. Do what? How did? I'm sorry, Steve, for cutting you off. Go ahead. No, 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 Larry. Please go ahead and ask. You got it. Uh, tell me the. Uh, t- tell tell us how did the how did the uh, BTE skits come about? Well, I was just. I think it was my. Uh, let's see. I think it was my second or third time down there, and I was approached by the Dark Order, and they were like, "Hey, we want you to do the skit for BTE," and I'm like, "Okay, like, what's it about?" and they, uh, the whole premise of it was they're recruiting for the Dark Order, and since I look a lot like Jungle Boy, they were going to act like I was Jungle Boy and, like, have me turned around in the chair so, like, my hair's showing, I don't have a shirt on, and uh, Brody Lee was going to walk in, and, you know, like, everybody was going to, he was going to be convinced that I was Jungle Boy, and then they turned me around in the segment, and it, it was me, and I guess that's where the whole who the F is Griff Garrison thing kind of was created, but... Yeah, that was the whole reason that the BTE stuff started because I guess I look a lot like Jungle Boy and I resonate a lot with him, so especially with the hair. 
So I guess we could trick a lot of people like we're kind of like twins, you know? Well, I, I guess that got you some heat with uh, Jungle Boy and his crew from that one video I saw where all this, where everybody's putting the boots to you. Oh, with Sammy in that vlog? Yeah, with the, the Sammy video. <laughs> that was that, that was kind of funny, too. But, yeah, I mean, everybody on Twitter, I keep seeing all my news. It's blowing up. Like, when are we going to have a Jungle Boy and Griff Garrison hair versus hair match? And it's just like, <laughs> I, won't, hey, I, I won't lose that one. I can't cut my hair. <laughs> oh. now, speak, speaking of... Uh, Twitter stuff. You've you've you had some heat with or have some heat with with NJF. What's going on there? Yeah, we've been we've been tweeting back and forth at each other some. Um, he told me one time to eat shit, and uh, <laughs> so but but yeah, we've been we've been going back and forth. It's just like a I guess it's kind of like an ego thing. But I heard he's in action tomorrow night. So um, if I'm allowed to, if like if given the opportunity, I will step up in a heartbeat, and I'm. I'll see him out there, so. But, so tune in to Dynamite tomorrow night. Who knows? It might be MJF versus Griff Garrison. It's it's funny that you say that because, I you know, obviously Cody Rhodes has, like, the open challenge for the TNT title. So I see any number of Georgia and Florida notables kind of throwing their hat in the ring for that. But I always thought to myself, when I saw you going back and forth with MJF, I'm like, I, I mean, it sounds crazy to say, but – I think you're better off having a thing with MJF. <laughs> like I just think it's one of those things where, you know, you're you're the you would be the unabashed face. Everybody would want to see you shut his mouth, and uh, I, I would very much look forward to that match if it was happening on Dynamite for sure. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we could have a kick-ass match, honestly. And yeah, I would love to shut him up because he's one of he's just like he's really cocky and. Um, yeah, I would just it would it would just do my heart good if I could just you know just punch him right in the face one good time. Yeah, you, you and a few other people, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, you know, a lot of the guys, obviously for obvious reasons, haven't been able to wrestle for a long time. But even when literally nobody was wrestling in Georgia Indies, you were, and you and Shane Marks had a great match. Right, and and then you got to be on the other Anarchy show and did a great job there too. Has what has been your mindset of dealing with things during this whole crazy time when there aren't wrestling shows happening? Um, my whole mindset is, um, I, like I said, I'm I'm very blessed to be able to do the to do AEW, especially during this time when I'm not when not a lot of shows are going on. But my whole mindset is like whenever whenever I'm not wrestling i'm always like watching and learning like like pretty much every day me and marcus actually live in the same neighborhood and i'll be down at his house i'm actually with him right now we're like all we do is watch wrestling and watch people that are better than us like our favorites to watch we like watching like like cody and kenny and all those kinds of guys so really just watching like watching them and how they portray themselves and how they carry themselves it's just it's I feel like that's half the battle, you know, like just being able to carry yourself like a superstar and act like a superstar. You will be a superstar. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the smart way to go about it. 
it's one of those interesting things where, I mean, I talked about it on one of the AEW Dark reports that I did, where Brian Pillman Jr., even though he's there to lose, right, and he's not considered one of, like, the best in-ring guys, but there's no doubt when he's in the matches that he's been in that he's, that he's kind of head and shoulders above most of the guys that are there that aren't AEW regulars. And I think just being around that and you have a student's mindset, I think it's going to serve you really, really well. And AEW right now, I mean, it just looks fun, right? They, they obviously take care of everybody. There isn't this thing of like, there isn't like backstab competition going on, even though every, obviously everybody wants to get signed. Everybody wants to deal and that kind of thing, but it just feels fun. Um, just watching you guys, it looks like you're having a ball. And, uh, man, it's, that's very much needed in this day and age. Oh, yeah. And, like, the first time I went to AEW, I was, like, I was overwhelmed with nerves. Like, I was beyond nervous. The most nervous I've probably ever been in my life. And then leaving, like, after I got there, wrestled um, Jimmy Havoc and um, Lance Archer. Like, after I left, I left with so much knowledge. I just felt, like, it was cr- it was crazy. And, like, everybody there is so welcoming and Everybody there just wants to succeed and have fun with it and just uh, just kick ass and that and that's what I'm about too. So like I feel like my, along with myself, I just connect really well with everybody there and it it really is a lot of fun being there. I thoroughly enjoy spending 14 hours of my day there. Like there's nothing else I'd honestly rather be doing. You know. Yeah. Um, this is, mm. No, Steve. Carry forward, please. No, Larry, please. Please, Larry. Go. Oh, we're going to be very polite tonight. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> backing up backing up a bit, you know, you and Marcus um, had a lot of shots with Ring of Honor. Looked like you might be in line for a contract there. Um, kind of, and then, you know, the pandemic happened and all that. What are your thoughts on, on Ring of Honor and your, and your experiences there? Ring of Honor is also a great place, and we've had some – Tell me if I'm wrong. We've had some really, really good matches with some really, really good wrestlers there. Like, we've had yeah. a great match with Whipcos. We had a great match with especially Dalton Castle and Joe Hendry. That's my favorite. Yeah, Dalton Castle and Joe Hendry, I think, is my favorite is master is my favorite master machine tag team match. Um, yeah, everybody there, they're also really knowledgeable, too, and they're also very likable, and they're also very fun to be around. And it's just like, if, like, especially at Ring of Honor and AEW, like, their whole mindset is just they want to learn, they want to keep learning, they want to keep learning. Even though those guys are, like, they're top-notch guys, like, they want to keep learning and keep learning. And it's, it's, really, it's, it's really cool to be around that because guys that never stop learning are guys that end up being great in the future, you know? So, like, I, always, I want to be around that constantly. I want to always keep learning and keep striving and go be the best. Um. Fair to say, you think that had we had Marcus not got injured, had the pandemic not gone down, that you guys would be signed with Ring of Honor by this point, or is that a stretch, or do you think that's that could be the could have been the case? I don't know. I think we'd be signed. I, I, I yeah, yeah. I don't. I, by this point, for sure. Yeah, by the summer, I think we there was a I think there was a good chance we could have been signed at least by at least by now by the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think that's a stretch at all because I think I think you know Hunter uh, enjoyed us. You know, yeah. ha- having having us, they were, um, they've given us high profile matches. Yeah, and they were giving us high profile matches, like we said with the the whole tag team match with the Briscoes for the titles. 
matches that I think. And it wasn't like it was, we're getting squished either. We're getting faulty. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like we were we were doing our best and we were we were delivering. You know, so I I, I do. I feel like they would have. I feel like we would be. Yeah, if it wasn't for that knee injury and for this pandemic, I feel like yeah, we would probably be on board with them. Hey, since since we got Marcus there, I hear him in the background. Like, how, how far are you away from getting back in the ring, Marcus? Oh yeah, I'm here. Uh, well, um, oh, I've been doing pretty good. I had a bio index test on my knee, so pretty much they like test it to see how strong it is compared to the good knee, you know. And there's like five categories, and I have to be within ten percent uh, in all of the categories to get released so for full contact wrestling. And out of four of the categories, I was within about 20%, and one of the categories was over 30. So I have a little bit more work to go, but I'm at, they said I'm making great progress so far. It's only been three months since my surgery, and I'm moving around pretty well. And I just, and I just want to go ahead and put this out there, Larry. He's been – I've been watching him, like, do therapy and do stuff like that, and he's really, really been kicking ass. Like, he's, he's worked – if not – he's worked as hard, if not harder than me, than when I had a tumor repaired in my foot. Like I'm like I was amazed like like he he really truly is like watch out for this guy when he gets back for real it'll be sooner than you fantastic think. that's great to hear well and Marcus you know like there's many great wrestling stories of guys who and most of them started with then this injury happened and when I came back from this injury I you know there's just there's just sort of growth that can take place mentally. And and sort of an appreciation for wrestling as well. And I mean, you know, Rock didn't learn how to be the Rock until he was hurt. Stone Cold didn't become a megastar until he was hurt. And that sounds crazy to say, but that there's so many wrestling stories that start with. And then I got hurt. <laughs> and then when I came back, I was better than ever. I mean, it's even guys that I had contact with, you know, Davey Richards learned to be right. a superstar when he was because of the knee injury, he got a wild side. And, you know, Jay Fury became a smart wrestler, really raised his wrestling IQ instead of just being a physical marvel. So, I mean, I, I just look forward to seeing you guys back together, being able to wrestle together, and, you know, and Grip doing his thing, and then you doing your thing as well. I think it's really good. Thank you. Well, you know, Grip, he's my best friend, but he's also still my rival. So watching him do everything fires me up. <laughs>
right? Because <laughs> they, they got nothing going on in wrestling, period. And Georgia right. and Florida are getting these opportunities and really making the most of it. I think it's, it's actually kind of a cool time. You know, I mean, obviously, it's not where we all want it to be, but it's about as good as it's going to get if you're from Georgia, Georgia and Florida right now compared to everybody else. True. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys from Georgia, they're getting shots at AEW too. So yeah, like Georgia and Florida, I, they're they're lucky right now. You know, they're doing it, their thing. Is anything happening in North Carolina at all, wrestling wise? Well, I I only know that our old training school was having some uh, limited training sessions. Uh. And that's Firestar Pro Wrestling. And I believe uh, in AML Wrestling, they did a, last Saturday, they did a, they just, they a, like, a like a tournament, but it was yeah. online, crowd. But they, So there is some stuff they just can't, you know, they can't have no crowd. They have to be very safe about it. Because yeah. even up here, I think you're only allowed to have so many people in a room. So, like, if you have a video and you have a referee and wrestlers and commentators, they'll automatically, you know, you have to be really careful. Because people are looking into this stuff. But it is happening a little bit. It's starting to get back in the groove. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing thing I thought you guys were talking about that was interesting, I think it would be really cool, uh, you know, having the opportunity with Ring of Honor and Griff being in AEW. And we do have a pretty good connection to get into NWA when things get better. It would be really cool, even though we're not a high-profile team, if we were on do all three super (laughs) indies. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be crazy. Because I feel like we're not at a level to be totally exclusive yet, you know? So well, then, like, uh, and there's a decent, it appears to be, if if there's not a working relationship between those three groups, at least there's not animosity between those three groups. And, I mean, yeah. And, and in wrestling, you just have to take that as, like, a positive of, like, all right, you know, like, and, you know, people seem very flexible. It's like, you know, the Good Brothers sign with Impact, but it's like, yeah, go do your Japan stuff and, you know, do your indie shows. Like, there's much, it, it just seems like people are much more flexible about stuff um, outside of the WWE, which is really how you have to be, you know. Uh, you really yeah. got to be that way, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good thing. There's no like, no like heat or as we would say or like animosity between those companies because it would really it would really be cool because like NWA like that whole setup like that's that's we like watch we watch that like for oh, a long time. Yeah, almost more than anything. anything. Yeah. yeah, like the whole setup like I don't know where they run out of, but it's somewhere in like downtown Atlanta, right? Yeah, they. What do they run out, Larry? Uh, the. Uh... Public Broadcasting Studios at George, near Georgia Tech. Yeah, that's right. that, that whole setup just looks really cool. I love the old school feel. Yeah. You know what? I really think we adapt that a lot into our style. We do have a lot of, like, new wrestling types, you know, like the maneuvers and stuff, but I, we really try to ground ourselves in that old school mentality. How did you, you know, it occurs to me, how did you guys wind up coming over to Georgia in, in the first place? I know I saw Griff at a Peach State show that's the first time I saw him as a heel of all things at Peach State. But then, how did you wind up becoming regulars over in Georgia? Um, well, I uh, I met this one guy and he brought me down for to to Peach State, and then a couple weeks later we went down to Anarchy, and that's where I met Bill, and that's where Bill and Marcus all met, and we fell in love with each other. No, I'm just kidding. But like, no, nah, like 
nice. I mean, I, I think it's just another another box that you guys check that helps you along. I mean, you're young, you guys got a great look, and I think, you know, having a, a legitimate athletic background in some kind of combat sport, I mean, all of these things, I think, are just going to help you. Um, so you, you mentioned, Griff, you talked about Brody Lee. Um, is Were you shocked at how he was with you? Um, like, would, it sounds like he made a great impression on you. What surprised you about Brody Lee? What surprised me is because, like, like Brody Lee, as we all know, used to be, you know, in WWE, and he was in the Wyatt family as Luke Harper. And so, like, that's the only – and before that, I'd never met him. And so, like, that's the only version of him I've seen and, you know, have, like, recognized or whatever. And so I went to AEW, and then he's the one over there cracking jokes, you know, ribbing, it, ribbing all the boys. And I'm just like, this dude's awesome. And he's like <laughs> – <laughs> like laughing, joking, or having fun, and that's just—I feel like that's just what it's meant to be. And so, like you said, most of the atmosphere is like that, right? Most of the at- yeah, absolutely. Most of the atmosphere for like the whole day is like that, except like you know, like a couple hours before showtime, people get serious and they're like, "Let's fucking do this," and then you know, so but like, yeah, but like Brody's just like sitting there cracking jokes and ribbing the boys, and I'm just like, that's my kind of person. I like him, and like yeah, ever since then, like yeah, like we we get along rather well too. Right. So, Larry, you have a question. Um. So I, I've got one. I well, I've go, got one. Go. okay after Larry's. Well, mine's, oh, well, mine for, mine's my, for mine's for Griff. Uh, Griff, what did you go through? What emotions did you go through when you got hurt and you realized it was going to be? a pretty serious thing. Now, obviously you're going to recover and you're willing to put in the time. Did you, what kind of emotions ran through you? What were the dark, did you have dark thoughts of like, man, screw this. I, I'm not going to be able to come back or I don't want to come back. What was your mindset? What did you go through? Well, when I first broke my foot, I, um, I didn't realize what, like how bad it was until like a couple weeks later. Um, I didn't actually get a phone call. My parents got a phone call from the oncologist. And the mm. whole time I was just oblivious. Like, I was just, I was just oblivious to it. Like, I, uh, I got picked up from school that day from Guilford and Greensboro, and we drove. And the whole time they're like, yeah, we're going to see this doctor, Dr. Emery. Um, she's, uh, she has one of her offices is in the cancer center. And I'm just thinking, okay, like this girl, like she's a doctor. She has plenty of offices. And one of them's just in the cancer center. We're just going to go to that one. And then it didn't yeah. hit me. It didn't hit me that I could possibly have that until right before she came in. Like, my mom had to look at me because I just wasn't getting it. Like, she was like, you're here because there's a chance you could have cancer. And, like, there's a, like, there's a tumor in your foot. And, like, right when, that, right, when that, right when she said that, my heart just dropped to my feet. And I was just like, I, like, I just looked pale because I remember that because there was a mirror right in front of me. I just looked up in the mirror as soon as the doctor walked in. I didn't pay attention to her at all. I just looked right in the mirror, and I was just pale, and I just felt empty, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. That was my first thought. But um, what had happened was after that appointment, I went back, and she said, um, what we're going to do, we're going to have to take out this tumor. We're going to have to take it out pretty quick because it's, it's growing rapidly. It was about the – It was like the size of a goose egg or something. It was about right? – no, like legit. She said it was Ooh. like the size of a lemon, and it was like – like it had grown like to be that size within a month. And, like, I'm very fortunate I don't, I'm very fortunate to have broken it because if I wouldn't have broken my foot, 
the tumor would have just kept coming like up my leg and up through the bone and everything. Yeah. So, but she told me we're gonna have to have surgery. You know, it'd probably be like when she hit me with how long it was gonna be before I could get back in the ring. She said like nine months. That that really hurt me. That really hurt me. But um, uh, after the surgery, you know, everything went well. I was on crutches for three months, and not there wasn't a day that went by that I was like, I'm quitting wrestling. That that thought has actually never. Ever since I started training, my first day of training, that thought has never entered my head. I've never thought about quitting wrestling. I think that's what me and Marcus were put on this earth to do. And so I was just, I was just like, I got to grind. I got to bust ass. And so yeah, Bill's always Bill and Bill's always in the back of like back of our heads, back of me and Dominic's heads, like always reassuring us and stuff. And he was like, he was like, well, you're an athlete. You're a freak of an athlete. You're a beast of a man. You're gonna get back before you know it. And so after being on crutches for three months, three whole months, therapy for a month and a half, and luckily I got, I was able to get back in five months, uh, like right on the dot. And my first match back was uh, that six man, me, you, and Bill versus uh, JB at Subscribe. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marcus, what about you? What What about you, Marcus? I mean, you you know, you went through. Uh, I mean, it had to be just infuriating because it's right when you guys were taking off and you had to get surgery and all of that. What was your mindset? What were you going through? Well, let me tell you. It was it was the day after we had that match with Dalton Castle and Joe Hendry. Um, it was the Dalton Castle Joe Hendry was in Atlanta, and the next day was uh, Concord Honor Reign Supreme. Yeah, Concord. Yeah. So uh, we had just had this awesome match with Dalton Castle and Joe, and uh, Delirious Hunter, he came to us and said, "Listen, we got big plans for you guys coming up. We're gonna have TV deals in the summer, but something like that." Yeah, and then, and then, uh, and he's like, "So we're gonna have big plans for you guys, especially starting in the summer." Like, so we we thought, okay, we're we're on a good track. Literally, the next day, we're going for the Skywalking Elbow. It's one of our signatures. Yeah. Um, the move gets botched, and then I tear my ACL. I was able to finish the match, and actually, what happened was I did tear my ACL at that time. But it wasn't as bad as uh, – I didn't think it was as bad as it was. So I didn't wrestle for about a month, and we went back to Ring of Honor a month later uh, at the Free Enterprise in Baltimore. And there we were wrestling the Soldiers of Savagery. They were undefeated at the time, and we actually won that match. We, we stopped their undefeated streak. But in the match, right, when I, right at the end of the heat when I was going to make the hot tag for Griff, I took one step and my whole knee just blew out. It wasn't even anything oh. crazy. My whole oh. knee just totally yeah. couldn't walk and finish the match. So Griff finished the match by himself, and then uh, I went back and they're like, "Yeah, your kneecap is pretty much like it was moving around." They're like, "The ACL, the meniscus, this is all gone," you know. So yeah. I went, and then the pandemic and everything happened. So they closed, and I went to a I went to an outpatient. I didn't go go to the hospital. I went to like a selective surgery place because they had a, they have a different method. They were going to use quad ligaments instead of the normal patella or hamstring just because mm. the quad is thicker and stronger, my knee would actually be stronger. The problem is the quad is your biggest muscle, and when you dig into that ligament, that it's going to hurt the activation of that muscle. So right now, mostly what I need to focus on is my quad muscle. But anyway, but because of okay. uh, final law, they said uh, no more selective surgeries. So I, it got put off for a whole other month. So I got hurt in January, didn't think about it till February, was supposed to have it in March, it got put off until April. So really, I'm four months behind. I could have been back by now if I went about it the right way. 
Gotcha. And that's the, that's the only regret I have is that I didn't take the time. And Andrew Everett came to me and said, man, get that MRI. Get what you need to check you now. I was like, okay, okay. And then I should have listened to him because I could have, I probably could have been back by now. Back yeah. By now yeah. But, uh, but so did, you, what, what a, did you ever have the mindset of like, I'm quitting or like, man, I don't, I, did that ever enter your mind at all? It, you know what? If I'm being honest, and a grip, I don't know if I told you this yet, but sometimes it does get a little uh, frustrating watching Griff go out being in the uh, BTE and on dark and, you know. Yeah, even at yeah, TV, yeah. You were in the studies on TV, right? Yeah, I did and, that lumberjack. With yeah. And, and just Bro. seeing that stuff, you know, it it's frustrating because I'm like, it could be me. I'm really happy for you. Like, all, all this shit is fucking awesome. But, like, I want it too, you know. So, like, I just I just let it feed my, my hunger. And I keep telling them. Once he goes there, and once they see him and that hair one time, I was like, I was like, Kenny's gonna fall in love with you, dude, because he's like the animated. Like that's his thing, and like I'm just like, he's just like a, like everybody's gonna love you, dude. Like I say, yeah, I can't wait, can't wait. It's coming. Hey, now now that it looks like George is going to get cranking up again, we'll see. You know, nobody knows what's going to happen, but it looks like it's starting to. What do you guys want to do in Georgia? Now, you, I know both of you were st- doing, working some individual programs at Anarchy besides the tag stuff. What are your thoughts on where you'd want to head if, if and when Georgia really gets cranked up again? Well, I mean, you're tagging with Ben now. Oh, yeah, me and Ben got the tag titles at Anarchy. Yeah, that's true. Um, what do you, I mean, y'all just going to defend those, right? Yeah, we'll probably, we'll probably defend those. Dude, Ben's good. Dude. But, Ben's hey, good. y'all know Ben Buchanan? He's got, Keep your eye on him. He's got, he's got a yeah. potential. That man really, really, really be good. He's so young. Yeah. He's only like 19 now. right now, right? He's, but he's good now. Yeah. He's very you know, he's very athletic now. <laughs> Hearing you guys call somebody young is nauseating for the record. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, who, who, you guys are only allowed to call somebody young if they're like nine. So and they're like, yeah, that guy's young, man. He's good. <laughs> well, it's great, man. Uh, I mean, I'm so glad we got to talk to both of you, really. But uh, Yeah. I, I know that perhaps you're not able to reveal too much, which is a wonderful sign, but uh, what's what's something that you can tell us about what's coming up for you? At, at like, um, at Anarchy and Southern Pride, or? Anywhere, anywhere. Um, uh, you'll probably catch me in at least one more BTE. Um, okay. I'm going back, I'll probably, go, I'm going back to Jacksonville next week. Um, and then... You know what I'm excited for? Southern Pride, August 1st. Yeah, me too. That's I can't yeah. wait. Like, I love Anarchy and Southern Pride. Like I like my I think my three favorite people: Bill Barron, <laughs> Rick Michaels, Todd Sexton. I love, <laughs> I love them so much. They're my favorite people. They are. God, I, I can't wait to see those guys again and just be able to like interact with them and joke around and have fun with those guys because it's been it's been like the last Southern Pride show was like February or something. But I, I guarantee you, no matter yeah. no matter. Kind of success Griff has, they're still going to treat him like a kid. Yeah, true. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> we always get short into the six. Dude, dude what are the youngest ones in any locker room we go to? Yeah, we get bullied much. by Sal a lot, don't we? Yeah, Sal and Marv, we get bullied. Sal and, Sal and Marv are bullies. They are. <laughs> I, would I can see that. True. I can see <laughs> that definitely. 
<laughs> Griff, what do you have at the Southern Fried Show? Do what? What do you have at the Southern Fried Show? What's what's what do you? It's me, Ben, and Bull against the Approved and a six-man. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Marcus, are you going to go to that? Oh, yeah. I'll be there. I'll make an appearance. I'll talk to people. Nice. Shake hands if I can. No, wait. We can't no, shake don't hands. Shake hands. We can't sh- okay, I'll wait. No, no. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe you'll get to meet Chris now. That'll be a big thrill. <laughs> oh, you had to go there. Always. That's what I do. So. <laughs> oh, hey, well, I'm, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, you guys. It's been a pleasure. Two for one. Love it. Yeah, man. Marcus, of course, you know, I can't wait to see you back in the ring. And Griff, it's going to be so much fun. And, and who knows? Who knows what we may see on Dynamite. So um, all very exciting. And the uh, sky's the limit for you guys. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, thank you guys so much for for having us. And thanks for letting me jump in. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thing. All right, All guys. Right, take care. Fun. Take care. Yeah, bye-bye. Nice. Well, that worked out very nicely, didn't it? Yes. Nice su- surprise that Marcus was there as well, because I was kind of wanting to check in with him and see kind of what was up, and we found all that out. So very nice. Very nice. And I, And I think a great bit of advice, something that you could learn from um, Griff in particular is because there's a lot of people are getting shots, right? Showing up on an AW dark or, and you know, once the NWA gets cranking, once ring of honor gets cranking, once all these different shows get cranking, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for a lot of guys bring the energy right off the rip. I got to say that, like when Larry and I are talking to somebody and it's like, hey, you know, welcome, blah, 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 to the tipping point. That's your, <laughs> you're coming through the curtain, metaphorically, and, and it's up to you to bring the energy. And you should be bringing high levels of energy in every interaction you're having with all of these people that you're dealing with. I think the, what, you can remain respectful without being fucking boring. And yeah. a lot of a lot of old school. I think the part of the thing that I'm getting, at, Larry, when these guys talk about AEW and Ring of Honor and stuff is, I think the WWE is the last place where you have to walk around on pins and needles. And it, and while there might be negatives to that, in the in, in the sense of like hopefully people will stay respectful and all that crap, I think it's a good thing. I think this notion of Vince McMahon sits there in his office and don't talk to him. I think that's going the way of the dodo. And you know what? Good fucking riddance. <laughs> this, this like bullshit hierarchy thing of like certain people are, you know, you can't, don't, you can't talk to that wrestler. I never heard a story like that about AEW. I, and, you know, it, all the stories are like the top guys walk around and everybody's having a good time. And I think it generates a much better feeling and a, a more deeper sense of loyalty and that kind of thing. And, well, yeah. Uh, and, to, but you got to bring the, you got to bring the energy. To the extent mm-hmm. that that's true about WWE, it certainly about WWE, it certainly is not serving them well um, in terms of what's being put out there creatively. What's being put on the screen does not have 
much life or energy. And I know we, you, anybody can, who wishes can reference Steve's raw report if they want to know more about <laughs> more along those lines. And, you know, and it's corny to talk about, uh, or, you know, cliche about a positive attitude, but nothing wrong with a positive attitude. And Griff Garrison's got a positive attitude. Absolutely. I mean, when you look at, I mean, Raw's a great example, right? They have a chance right now because they're building a bunch of stars. But I guarantee you, none of them are going to get to work a program with Randy Orton, and none of them are doing anything with any of those guys. It's just like, here are the veterans yeah. that matter, and then here's everybody else who doesn't fucking matter, and never right. the twain shall meet. And I, yeah. it, it's reflected in their product. Whereas AEW Dark, you know what a fan I am of that show. And part of the reason I'm such a fan of it is it is an inevitable interaction between guys that are quote unquote indie who are struggling to make it in with the guys that have, and that can't do anything but help everybody. You know, you can, you can bemoan that Kenny Omega gives too much in a match with Alan angels. Fine. But the fact is Kenny Omega is wrestling Alan angels and on WWE. I mean, you know, Ruby Riot's never going to touch Bailey, and that's to her that's to her detriment career-wise. And it's fun to see what AEW feels like a fertile ground of possibility, and that's an important thing to have in an entertainment medium, especially when you don't have a real crowd. Is I should get a feeling of like light and energy off of you. You know, and right now there's products that don't have it. You know? That is so tr- true, and that that's what keeps bringing me back to watching AEW. And I watch some of NXT, and I say to myself, boy, the actual quality of the wrestling on this is better than AEW, but it doesn't yeah. just really interest me that much. It's just not that interesting, and that's that, that life and that creativity is just not, just not there for the most part. But, it's weird because uh, on paper, NXT does everything right. I think they're the show that's the most creative out of the WWE brands. Um, you know, there's things that are exciting. They have potential matchups that are exciting and all that kind of stuff. But just the feel of the show, plus they're WWE, which means, yeah, but I'm watching the B team. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, no matter how they present it and how good the wrestling might be, at the end of the day, you just go, well, what's your goal on NXT? To be good enough that they'll put you on one of the shows that matter. And there's no way that they can shake that feeling because it's the truth. <laughs> it's it's like your goal on NXT is to not be on NXT. And what fucking fun is that? <laughs> well, and, and if you do get off of it, moved off of NXT onto the main roster, are you just going to get, you know, booked crappily and turn out and, and, and goes nowhere because they don't know how to handle you once you do get on the main roster, or Vince yeah. doesn't like you, or what, what, whatever, whatever it might be. But anyway, so, what? Uh, so right when, now, when can I'm... we? Yeah, go ahead. No, when can we what? When can we expect an AEW Dark review from you? Sometime Wednesday. Um, definitely by tomorrow morning, if not tonight. It depends on where, when uh, this little one who's swimming in the pool next to me, <laughs> whenever she goes to bed. <laughs> Um, I'll watch it. So, but sometimes she, you know, she hangs with me a little bit, but you know, what's funny is my kids are a great barometer. They, they're not interested in watching any wrestling, which means I'm raising them correctly. 
but <laughs> they are more inclined to want to look at AEW because they may see somebody that they know or they may see something cool. And, yeah. I mean, that's what it boils down to. What's cool, what's not? And for my kids, it's like, I, you know, they'll watch Sonny Kiss enter the ring dancing with cheerleaders all day. They'll watch Darby Allen all day. They'll watch Orange Cassidy. They have no interest in Keith Lee or Adam Cole. Because they just go, yeah. like, well, but it's wrestling. You know, they just they, they say it's wrestling and they shrug. And they go like, "What's in it for me?" Attitude, <laughs> like you look at all of these options that I have for entertainment. That's the truth. It, they, it's never been a better time. I go, you know, the the worst thing that happened to wrestling is that TV got good, and yeah. now their next challenge is sports are coming, and you know, it's the NBA for sure. But if Major League Baseball, if all of these things are back, people are starving to watch competitive sports. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's very, very worrying if you're wrestling, but again, you know, it's also the dichotomy is it's also the best opportunity. Larry, can you ever remember when this many Georgia indie people had a chance to get signed? Has it ever been like this? It's kind of crazy. Maybe the WCW thing, but really that would have only been a select mm-hmm. few. Now that that really had a shot, they got you know they got looked at, but that really had a shot. Yeah, probably so, probably so. That's true. I mean, they, you know, or, or in the like early-ish days of TNA when like Iceberg would show up and stuff, and you yeah. get excited and go that's like, true. you know, that's a possibility. Or when Deep South was doing their thing as well. But man, I mean, it's. Larry, I'll have to tell you off of the air, but when I tell you some of the people that are going to be at AEW in August, supposedly, you're going to flip. Oh, (laughs) I can hardly wait for that. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Hey, one last thing. My my barometer is my wife, and, you know, Mm -hmm. I showed her that that Sunny Kiss intro. She was mesmerized by that. It was just that good, you know. It was just such great entertainment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my kid, who's into learning, like, little dance routines, that's her thing right now, and I showed her that, and she goes, like, well, that's the next one I'm going to learn, and <laughs> I was just like, what's cooler than, my kid, 12 years old, at the height of, like, sort of hipness, and co- she's the fashion mogul of her school, because she dresses very masculine, and so she's stealing my clothes constantly, um, and wearing them. So she's got like a androgynous vibe and, you know, like all this kind of stuff. But then she likes to like move like a drag queen. Like that's kind of her thing. And so she's just like, oh, she's like that. She's like, that stuff is great. And she goes like, and plus you could tell he's just so proficient. I'm just hungry for positivity and for greatness. I want greatness. And, um, you know, I'll take it where I can get it in wrestling nowadays. So <laughs> are you going to a show? Well, are, are there any shows happening? Not really, huh? Not much. No, this no. Next, next, next for me would be um, Southern Fried. Okay, so you're going to be there at Southern Fried. Yeah, well, because it's Burt outdoor. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm up <laughs> for the outdoor, outdoor environment. Yep, I, I, I plan to go to that one. So. If you haven't seen it, Larry, one last thing for me. If you have yeah. not seen it, 
Um, one of the best movies that I've seen during this whole COVID thing is called The Last Movie Star. And it's one of the last movies that Burt Reynolds did. And it's incredible. And so the premise of the movie is they give him an assumed name, right? I think it's like Vic Edwards. But he's been invited to this film festival that he thinks is really prestigious. But it's just this podunk thing run out of a bar where they're going to show a bunch of his movies. So he's really pissed off. But then he shows up and he tries to ditch it. And this girl who's supposed to drive him around, this like punked out little girl, like they bond. And then he sort of like has a last chance to put his life together. Um, And it takes place in Tennessee. So you're in Knoxville, you're in Memphis and all this kind of cool stuff. But and Burt Reynolds is unbelievable. And and Burt Reynolds has all these conversations. They use like CGI to put him as an old man in movies with himself when he was younger. So he's having a conversation with his younger self to try to like change the course of his life. It's really strange, but there he is with him himself in Deliverance and Smokey and the Bandit and all this stuff of like, what's the point of life, man? And, you know, the, and then himself from Deliverance will say something. It's, it's really good and poignant. And uh, it made me, I, I always loved Burt Reynolds. I mean, I grew up in the seventies, right. But uh, it, I thought it was one of the most fitting like final movies that anybody's ever done. Cause it really just takes well, a look at what made him great. So. Thank you for that. If if you got a chance, if you haven't, check out an episode of Dead to Me on Netflix. I'm just I think oh, yeah. that, that uh, do, do you know it already? Yes. You know that I've show? heard great things. Mm-hmm. Great character yeah. development. Wonderful character development. So anyway, I guess we better get on out of here. We'll be back in uh hopefully in two weeks. See what we can come up with for then. Absolutely. Well, thank you to to Griff Garrison and thank you to Marcus. Um, That was a great surprise to have him on. Um, Great stories about how they met. I'm never going to forget saving him from a swirly. Um, Swirly, That's a story you can can tell forever. Um, Thank you to them and best of luck to both of them and to everybody else who's doing their thing this weekend and soon. And for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks on The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.